Hello, everybody. You have Jake and Seth flying together today to discuss the 1991 American action thriller Backdraft. This lead-in or intro is courtesy of Wikipedia. Backdraft was directed by Ron Howard, written by Gregory Whiten. The film stars Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, Scott Glenn, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Rebecca DeMornay, Donald Sutherland, Robert De Niro, Jason Gedrick, and J.T. Walsh. And it follows a group of Chicago firefighters on the trail of a serial arsonist. The film was released in 1991 to favorable, favorable reviews from critics and grossed $152 million worldwide against a budget of $40 million. So it was a box office success. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 73% rating with a consensus. It's not particularly deep, but Backdraft is a strong action movie with exceptional visual special effects. The film received three Oscar nominations, Best Sound, Best Sound Editing, Best Visual Effects, but it lost all three to Terminator 2. Oof. Sorry, tough break. Yeah, uh, the film inspired the special effects traction at Universal Studios Hollywood, which opened in 1992 and closed in 2010. And it was followed by the sequel Backdraft 2 in 2019 with Baldwin and Sutherland. And I will admit, I had no idea a sequel existed <laughs> until I wrote this about 30 minutes ago. So very interesting. And one quick thing I will note, I went to that Universal Studios ride when I was, I think, about in 1992. I uh, or remember 1992. that as well, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that, I was at that ride before I ever saw the movie. And that was, it was terrifying, but it was a really visceral experience and it was very vivid. And I remember really enjoying that ride. And I felt like it definitely made me more interested in the movie. It definitely gave a soft landing for the movie when I first saw it on cable, probably a year or two later. But even like watching it now, years later, that ride, I, it, I re can recall the heat, the flames. It was just like, it was really, I remember it was just, yeah. everything was so vivid and bright and hot. And like, you felt like you were in danger. And it, all those combined, this movie, I feel like I'm transported back in time in some ways. Um, and I just really like it. I, I enjoy it, but it definitely, it feels more like a guilty pleasure than, than it used to. <laughs> uh yeah i'm with you um yeah that that universal studios ride i can't remember if i saw the movie first or went on the ride first but i do remember there being a lot of pyrotechnics and like one of one of the rooms you go into it's basically like they fire that thing up right and you're right you can feel the heat all over um for a kid i think it, it's probably you know memorable as a kid because you don't often see fire that often i guess or something but um the movie itself uh, I've always enjoyed it. Always kind of come back to it now and then. Definitely, like in that Ron Howard wheelhouse of movies, I guess I would say, um, where it's like I think he does the job of like making a quality movie, but also like always kind of falls short of making like a spectacular or like great movie in a lot of ways. And like that's kind of strangely, I think Ron Howard's a very bankable director and and make a lot of commercial hits, but. He always is kind of a little bit short of like making a true classic or something like that. Um, it's awesome. funny you say that, that because that reminds watching this film, I made me think of Solo a lot, which is a film I've come back to, which is like very enjoyable. But to your point, like you see the ingredients for, I don't want to say a masterpiece, but you see the ingredients yeah. for like an A plus meal and you like walk away with like a B plus. And sorry. I think, I think the closest Howard got was Apollo 13, which is kind of in this same time period for him. Um, but even the, even Apollo 13, 
there's just it just doesn't quite <laughs> it just doesn't quite get all the way there you know um but again he's a very skilled director so i'm, I'm never upset watching one of his movies but um there's just always kind of one small piece missing um this movie though it's honestly like i feel like i watch it now and i just kind of study the actors <laughs> and like they're all in these like very interesting points of their careers and it's just a very star-studded cast looking back at it and like it would be hard to get this type of cast together today i think um also just not a lot of firefighter movies jake i feel like this is an underused genre i remember you know there's this movie and like there's that ladder 49 chulta walking phoenix movie i think um but you would just think that there'd be more you know there's a lot of cop movies i think you know buddy cops and training day and like there's the gritty cop movie and the new york cop movie but like the firefighters only a handful of these movies um so i don't know i i feel like it's an underused genre i agree and it's funny i felt like the fire not that there are a ton of shows but it always seemed to be more in the realm of tv yeah chicago fires what first came to mind and there's that old dennis leary show where he was like the firefighters yeah, rescue York. me yeah rescue me and it's interesting 100% correct. Definitely underserved. And that was one of the thoughts I had in this film was like, why don't we, especially seeing the action films, the way they did it. Like, it, yeah. to me, it's like a built-in yeah. action genre that there could be more opportunities there. Now, that being said, as I left the film and tried to remember or consider what the story was, <laughs> I kind of realized like, maybe like <laughs> to really have action around it. I felt like they, they viewed it as a crime thriller. So for it to be a crime thriller, there needs to be an arsonist. And then it's mm-hmm. either, like for an arsonist, you're either, I feel like you have two options. It's either a crazy person burning everything or there needs to be a larger conspiracy. And uh, this film for me, it definitely, like, I guess, like, I think it makes more sense as a TV show because, like, you show it as a slice of life. Because, like, for a movie, there needs to be, like, some central conflict yeah. beyond just, like, accidental accidental fires. And that's where it's, like, where this film, I think, kind of loses it, trying to set up a villain. And we're going to get into that in a minute, but yeah, I agree with you. I think there should be more firefighter content at the same time, though. Like, watching this film, I was like, I could see how much of a struggle they had trying to create, like, a compelling antagonist. Yeah. And, like, they had Donald Sutherland, like, talking about the fire as if it were, like, a living thing. And I've actually... Have you... I can't remember. Um, I think it was Miss McGinnis in our uh, sixth grade class. But there's seven qualities that a living thing has. And fire meets six of the seven. And the only one it doesn't meet is we don't know if it can think for itself. But there's the idea that fire actually is a living. It is a living entity in of itself. I'm not going to go any beyond that. It's way beyond my thing. But I thought it was interesting that they kind of had a character give life to that. At the same time, it completely fell flat. Like, to me, like, his whole thing of, like, about the fire, it felt like they were trying to romanticize it. It just didn't work. But I'm kind of getting this. I'm leaning this. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you're right. There's something off with, like, the structure of the story. And, like, it's almost like there's two movies in one. Like, there's the movie about the brothers, right? And the younger brother and the older brother. And is he going to be able to, like, be a firefighter on the same squad or whatever? There's all of that kind of conflict. And also he's kind of having this relationship with Jennifer Jason Lee. There's that kind of love story and like big brother, little brother thing going on, which I personally, I think I would have like, I mean, it is a, a focus of the movie for a lot of it, but I think that should really be that the centerpiece of the movie. 
the other part of it that's going on is sort of the the Robert De Niro, Donald Sutherland. De Niro's the like arsonist investigator, and he kind of studies what causes the fires, and he tries to connect the dots between the different fires happening. And you're right, that's where the story gets a little too complicated um, for what could have just been kind of a straightforward firefighter movie. It tries to get very conspiratorial somehow. And like, I couldn't even quite connect the dots between like the politician um, played by JT Walsh, I think. um, And like Scott Glenn, who apparently is the bad guy, like for the majority of the movie, you think Scott Glenn's a great person. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait, I'm, he's the one. We're going to, we're going to save that. That is my biggest gripe, that character and the way they're, but quickly just stay in the Donald Sutherland thing. I kind of, one of the issues I had with it was I thought it was interesting the way they tried to set up the relationship between him and Robert De Niro. Yeah. But at the same time, like Donald Sutherland's character didn't work for me because it felt like they wanted him to be Hannibal Lecter, like the kind of like that, that yeah. like, confidant. But at the same time, they also wanted him to be batshit crazy like Miggs. And it yeah. then like his character just did not work for me. And it like made me uneasy, not in like the sense where uh, Hugo Weaving makes you uneasy as Agent Smith in like The Matrix, where like, you, he he's meant to make you uneasy. Yeah. Made me uneasy in the sense that like I feel like I'm watching a really good actor act, and like I can see yeah. the seams, like I can see the seams on the puppet and the strings on the yeah. puppet, and I, I really don't like it, especially with I this actor. Who I love. A little too over the top, I think, um, when it came to like. I want to watch the world burn and you know I watched this little girl burn and all that stuff like that part where he's in a deposition or something and De Niro for whatever reason just walks into the middle of it and asks him a few questions and kind of like turns the whole thing again but you're right it's like it's not a great performance like Sutherland's a great actor but it's not one of his better performances and the character needs to be like retuned to some degree because you're right like either you have to be super intelligent on the Hannibal Lecter side or you have to be super crazy but you can't really play both of those because it doesn't mix the right way. I agree with you. <laughs> it, it just was weird. And then we're going to get into acts and that whole plot soon. But before we do, um, I just had a quick, like, watching it this time, the brother drama, like, I think that was the best part of it at least like i think it's mainly because you have kurt russell doing like a lot of the heavy lifting with that but i was gonna say i think kurt russell's good in the movie in terms of like performance wise i think kurt russell gives the best performance de niro's solid like de niro's in the you know he's doing copland in this movie it's kind of this weird phase for him where he's kind of doing supporting characters he's not bad but he's not blowing anybody off the screen either i don't think no, he's like eating in every scene. Like, and it just is like it's this weird schlubby character. And like, he does a good job bringing him to life, but it just is weird. It felt like they gave two hundred. They tried to give two hundred percent of the charisma to Donald Sutherland, and they left nothing for Robert De Niro's so, character. Yeah, I mean, my other kind of take on the De Niro character was like, I feel like once they got De Niro, they were like, oh, we need to punch this character up a bit and give him more scenes and give him more lines. Where it's like, I think if it had been somebody else, it would have been a smaller piece of the movie. But because they got De Niro, that actually almost becomes like the secondary focus of the whole movie is kind of the arsonist side of it. He's the second best, or he's arguably the best actor in the in the entire film. And you have him as like he's listed as third lead, but he's really like the fifth lead in terms of like yeah. screen time. But yeah, the one thing, the whole brother thing, I was a little lost. So Kurt raised his brother Billy. 
I'm sorry, Kurt Russell. I'll, I'll use their names. Bull raised his brother Brian, <laughs> but seemed to be surprised when Brian showed up. I like so, I didn't understand how they were both like. Not only did they raise him, like I was just so thrown off on timelines. Like, how did it? They seemed like they were keeping secrets from each other that you couldn't really keep in this family. And just like a lot of the brother dynamics, like it did work. Like, let me let me rephrase this. The mechanics didn't make a ton of sense to me, but the moments worked, I think, because of the actors. But like yeah. the whole, the, I forgot that there was like that picture that like Norman Rockefeller, there's like right, this right. whole like subplot of a picture <laughs> and the little brothers in it. And everyone's like, oh, the kid from the picture. The kid. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, no, like that, that it was just such a weird, I didn't remember that. And that to me is like such a Ron Howard thing. It's, it just is like, yeah. Well, again, like Ron Howard, child actor, you know, I think he sees moments frozen in time like that for a kid. So it made sense in his head. But for everybody, you're right. It's like, who remembers a picture from 20 years ago? <laughs> like, oh, the firefighter's kid. Like, it was just like a regular picture. It was just weird. It was, it. So, yeah, I mean, I get. I, you, you said it felt like multiple movies. Like, it felt yeah. like there's like a real, like, Oscar, there's like Oscar bait brotherly rivalry film yeah you have this like abc sunday drama with like him and jennifer jason lee and that like political drama and then you have like what i can only describe as bad b-level horror with like donald sutherland (laughs) and and then there's a whole other subplot oh and then there's like the kind of cop subplot with robert de niro and billy baldwin where it's like yeah. There's there's really four different movies coming together, and not, they do work, but they don't really gel. Yeah, it, that yeah, exactly. Where it's like they they're not all working. Like one plot line doesn't make the other plot line better. They're all just kind of happening. <laughs> you just nailed it. That's the yeah. They don't complement each other. It just kind of diverts attention. Um, but I will yeah. Like I will say I. I always find myself, I like Kurt Russell in this movie. Uh, like you said, I think he does a lot of the heavy lifting. The, he gets his character to work. Like, he's believable as just, like, a tough bull firefighter. Doesn't care how many people he's got back him up. He's always going to run into the fire and try to save somebody. Like, he makes that character believable. Um, I never quite believe Billy Baldwin is his brother. <laughs> like, if it was Alec and Billy, like, oh, you know, maybe that would have made it a little more under, like, you know, they look like brothers or whatever. But, like, the, the two guys just don't look like each other. And... They don't look alike. I don't know what ethnicity either of they are, but they don't look at all. Like, I, I don't know. One of them could be Irish. One of them could be German. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But they're definitely not even the same ethnicity. Like, that's the only thing I feel. And not that I'm an expert, but, like, they don't look related. No, they don't. They, yeah. they look incredibly. It just isn't a good thing. It, it makes it a little match. bit tougher because Kurt Russell also plays the father in the opening scene. So he looks exactly like the father because he plays both parts. Billy Bond. Oh, just some other guy. <laughs> I forgot about that, but I just want to focus on Billy Baldwin for a minute and Kurt Russell. I, Kurt Russell literally elevates everything he's in. And this isn't a knock against Billy Baldwin, the actor. I think he does like a fine enough job. Uh, he's, I mean, he's not acting at the level Kurt Russell is, but he's not like, he's not a bad part of the movie. No. Yeah, I agree. But with that being said, his character, I think is a villain. Like his, like and when wow. I left the film, because when I left the film, I forgot everything happens so quickly in like the final it's like hat last half of the third act, but I never understood why he thought his brother 
like the jump he goes from like oh there's an arsonist maybe the arsonist is my brother then he like goes on the boat and there's like just it's like i never even like seen it this time being like the more i see it the more i'm like why don't you talk to your brother like why do you run away from your brother in this scene i just everything about it that scene never made sense to me either. I don't. And his his brother died. Like that's why I'm like, you're the villain. Your brother died. You let your brother be put himself in danger by because you assumed he was the killer. And the whole time I'm thinking it's like he's not the only fireman. Like it just was like, and I'm not gonna go through and rewrite it because I'm not blaming the writing. Like I blame that character's decision. And granted, they're stupid characters in the world. It just that thing really drove me crazy, and I felt. It was so funny. I had a moment of deja vu. We haven't potted about this before. So I know, but I had that conversation in my head where I was like, fuck Billy Baldwin. Like he's the villain in this. Like his brother did everything for him. He ignored his brother. He basically like kind of kills his brother. And it just like, I I really don't like the character. Like this isn't like, this isn't like in a way, oh, I hate the film. I just hate that character. Brian is such a dick. Well, I also, like, the other reason I don't like the character that much is because, like, he kind of pussies out on the whole, like, fire training thing. And it's like, you know your brother's going to go hard on you the first couple months, you know, and, like, do all, and like it, there's even one point where it seems like Kurt Russell is, like, he's trying to make him quit, right? Because he doesn't think he's going to, like, survive all these fires that they go into. So Kurt Russell's being a real hard-ass on him to try to get him to quit. But, like, I think it'd be more interesting if, the, if Billy Baldwin, like, stuck it out, right? And, like, tried to get through that and, like, proved himself. But instead, he's like, you know what? I'll just take like the the political job and go work with Robert De Niro and and you know give information to the politician or whatever. I like that turn of it just makes him very emasculated, kind of where it's like you took the easy way out, you didn't want to fight through it, and now it's like, how am I supposed to respect this guy? That was in like the whole thing where it's like the two. That was another thing. I felt like he dropped it. It was like a half watching this film this to me felt like an incredible eight to ten episode drama because that whole like it felt like the whole training thing could have been a full 40 minute episode like yeah because the way they did it to your point they didn't spend enough time with the training for it to feel like he it didn't feel unfair and it didn't feel like billy baldwin earned the right to quit due to the things he had to deal with his brother was like hey clean up the car yeah pick up the the hose (laughs) Yeah, can't have two sets of rules. And it's like, this is for like anyone who's been on a team or any corporate structure, like, yeah, everything's supposed to be fair, but everyone knows it's not. Like, there's always some, and also, like, not for nothing, if the boss has it out for you, you're going to have it a little worse. And like, third, if you butt heads with the boss who might be your brother, but if you're a dick to him, He's going to be worse back to you. Like everything about it, he like walks in and he's like, you're not my boss. You're my brother. But it's like when he acts like his brother, when he acts like his boss, he, he wants him to be his brother. When he acts yeah. like his brother, he wants him to be his boss. Yeah. And to your point, like it really ends up emasculating the guy and not for nothing. His brother was right. Like yeah. his brother was like, you're not tough enough for this. And again, we right. don't, like, yeah. did he quit after a week, a month, like two days? I don't know. But like, he didn't, in terms of the movie, he quits after like, less than an act so it's it didn't seem like a big well, and like, yeah no i think uh, like the moment he really quits there's that one fire um and billy baldwin kind of gets scared or like he's back on his heels right and kurt russell just runs right into it and like saves some kid and then they're back at the fire truck and billy baldwin's like you're right i'm never gonna be you man you saved that kid's life or something and it's like i'm never gonna be that guy 
So he almost has that epiphany of like, I'm just never going to be as good as my my big brother is. Um, but it's still, it's like, in terms of character building, it doesn't make me like him that he like he's a quitter. <laughs> Everything like, he does makes Kurt Russell seem to be the hero. That's the problem yeah, with the story. Yeah, yeah. Everything elevates Kurt Russell, and like we, but we only ever really see him through Billy through Billy Baldwin's eyes, and those are flawed eyes. So it's very weird. Like, well, like there's the one scene with Rebecca De Mornay, right, where he's trying to get back with his wife, um, and Kurt Russell, he's like making pancakes with his kid, um, and she kind of like pulls him aside and is like, "Look, we can't continue this relationship because like." You take too like you're the risks you take are too big. I actually think that's a pretty good scene between her and him. Um, and it's like, you know, he sleeps with her the night before and it seems like he's back in the saddle, and then she kind of like shuts him down and it's just like, I can't have my kid around. So like she basically tells him, like, I think you're gonna die, right? And she's not wrong. Like she's also right about that. So I thought that little piece of the movie I think works. <laughs> that works and like that that was a rich vein. Like I that I wish we'd spent more time there. Than on trying to establish this weird political yeah. plot. That's what, yeah, you're right. That's a, a spot where, like, let's enlarge in that and kind of like minimize some of the Donald Sutherland and, yeah, and like uh, police intrigue part of it. And should we move into the plot and the, like, the criminal plot and the acts? Yeah, I would love to figure that out because I couldn't quite grasp it all, even on the rewatch. Okay. <laughs> all right. Literally, this is... all right, I just need to tell you this. This is, this is literally the note I had to myself, like a question I wrote myself for you. I was like, this was to me that, that I questioned I shared to you, but I wrote this in my, uh, in my notes. Do you know the conspiracy? I've been watching this movie, like, I watched the movie six times. I've read the Wikipedia page. I still don't understand the underlying conspiracy. These, like, someone, I know that someone in the, like, city government was, okay, like, so somehow making money Walsh, off of, like, okay. Yeah. J.T. Walsh, who plays the politician, I think he's running that. for some type of office or something. Yes, he's alderman. City alderman, mind you, alderman, running for, like, yes. mayor. Right. So he's the guy. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee works for him and also has a relationship with Billy Baldwin. But J.T. Walsh is the politician that uh, I guess essentially has cut the budget for the firefighters and is somehow making money um, off of these fires that are happening. Right. <laughs> but. And that pisses off Scott Glenn. He, like Scott Glenn's whole thing is like this guy's making money money off firefighters dying. Basically, they don't have enough backup in any of these fires. It's always like one truck or something and, and one crew, and they never have enough people. So I guess the budget cuts have led to more and more dangerous fires. What I couldn't piece together, though, was like, so Scotland's mad about that, so he starts setting the fires? Did you understand this piece? So that, so the backdraft, like that specific yeah. way, like my understanding was he was doing that, targeting members of the conspiracy oh you're right okay you're right yeah so the backdraft is a way to basically kill somebody without causing a super huge fire right and like that's they, like what... when they open the door like they open the door there's a burst of flame that like right. kills that person but it's supposed to be maintained within that room or right. like a controlled burn yeah and as donald sutherland says he's like what type of arsonist would want to kill people without starting a huge fire like most arsonists just want to watch the world burn but that's not what's going on. It's this whole backdraft thing. And so that's kind of what tips off 
uh, De Niro and Billy Baldwin that it's probably a firefighter that's starting them. Um, so yeah, I guess the other sort of like political people that are involved in this whole scheme to get money out of the fire budget and into their pockets, Scott Glenn starts to target with these backdrafts. I, I think that's what's happening. That's my understanding. And the kicker is, I'm sure if anyone else is wondering, well, how does Scott Glenn, a random firefighter, uncover this mystery? And they, they don't worry. They tell you it, the fi- in like the f- climactic scene. His cousin is a receptionist or secretary somewhere. That all happens so quickly. It's like him and Kurt Russell are talking on top of a building that's on fire and all of this like gets uncovered or something. Yeah, literally. The bur- flames are coming up. The walls are falling down. And it's like he's explaining this whole conspiracy. Like, oh, yeah, I, I have a sister who's a secretary. A cousin. But, like, that's the thing. Why wouldn't you do what any normal human would do? Have her take a picture. Send it to the Chicago newspapers. There's a bunch. Like, it, Or to tip off De Niro. He's the one investigating all Yeah, I don't know. Th- there's so many. He's one of, like, first of all, he's a politician. I don't know if you know this, Seth. There's two two parties in the any government. So I'm assuming the other party would be interested that this yeah. lead alderman is... Also, one last thing. <laughs> Who's cutting... Who doesn't like firemen? That's like kind of... I know. Alien. That's also... Yeah, it's like, we're just pocketing the money out of the fireman budget? We can't pocket the money out of some other budget? I don't know. It just is so bizarre. Like, also Chicago, not for nothing. Like, the great fire of Chicago. Like, that's a city with, like, an actual, like historical understanding for the need of like competent firefighters. I'm not going to get into the history of Chicago, but like that whole (laughs) plot was so half-baked. And this is the biggest problem with that like setup. We don't know the people he's killing. We like don't meet them. Like they literally, like they just show this person walking up and there's a massive explosion. And it just doesn't like, if you're going to do a conspiracy, I'm of the opinion if it's a conspiracy or a mystery, you need to bring the people along with you. It doesn't make sense when you keep killing people and then, like, in the last 5% of the movie, you're like, oh, by the way, that was a conspiracy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what? Totally, it's like, you're as a viewer, you're so in the dark about the whole thing. And then at the end, they kind of do this reveal and it's like, okay, it's Scott Glenn, but, like, there's not this feeling of, like, aha, like, oh, I didn't know that's where this was. It's just kind of like, oh, it's him? Okay, and like we keep watching the movie. <laughs> it's bizarre. And I actually just want to quickly hold on this for a moment on the axe character. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, I felt like there were two versions of the movie, and I felt like the I felt like the 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 axe we got, the finale we had was for one version of Axe, where he was like an anti-hero. All of his actions up until the finale, where like they're trying to point paint him in this unsympathetic light, he was a pretty clear villain. Like I, I just didn't get like the way they try and have him justify what he's doing, and the way they like really have Kurt Russell get between him and his like the way they treated the axe character it was just very bizarre to me. Like they gave him like outsized importance. And I know he like was a father figure, but he wasn't really because Bull raised him. It was just this weird role where like I. Instead of just having him be a villain, I just didn't get it. Like, I th- well, we yeah, didn't I mean, spend enough time right. with him, it, again, for that yeah. conspiracy to make sense, for him to be an anti-hero, and they didn't make him villainous enough. And yet, like, he almost killed Billy at that, like, at one of the houses. Like, it was just bizarre. Like, they, they, yeah, uh, I mean, again, like, you got, 
like four different plot lines and then the, this cast got so packed that i think scott glenn got kind of pushed to the back of the line like if i was to redo this movie i would put a lesser known actor in the de niro role and and kind of shorten that bit of it and i'd put a better actor not that scott glenn's a bad actor or anything but like i just that should be a, a larger role and more developed so that when it does turn it actually creates a shock for the viewer because it's like basically they have him kind of do the intro in the beginning they kind of they they let him do that little speech where he's like oh we're, we have another McCaffrey brother and he kind of does that thing when they're kind of hazing him and then he also the other kind of key part he plays is when um the other cadet dies he basically blames Kurt Russell right he's like we should have waited for backup and all this and like you know you're you're going too crazy into these fires and like you got that kid killed and so at that moment you're kind of like oh axe is the more measured one and he's trying to kind of rein bull in and like you're kind of like he's a little more older and he, it seems like he's trying to rein him in a little bit but then you realize he's actually like this villain basically um but yeah that's how i like again you're right it's an underdeveloped character but i think it's because of like the way the movie ends up getting casted it's funny you said I mean, I was going to say maybe you switch Scott Glenn and Robert De Niro, but then that, really? like, but then that axe character would need to be like a real, like, lead. But, um, yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's funny, like, this movie, and let's just, I'll just, not to be jumping all over the place, but Rebecca De Mornay, she is so good and, like, just so underused. I feel like she's in, like, two scenes and, like, yeah, no, I think her scenes with Kurt Russell are good. Jennifer Jason Lee, you know, I could give her take. <laughs> she that's the problem is like she's fine, but her and Billy Baldwin have like no chemistry. Like I, I yeah, that I agree. Scene, yeah, I didn't think that was a good match. <laughs> nah, you, you, you those two couldn't light a candle, but DeMornay and Kurt Russell can light a city with their chemistry. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, it just was it was it's just it was I'll tell you another uh critique here while we're in the middle of it uh this is from my wife um who did a little bit of uh fire person training i guess she didn't go all the way with it but she did a little bit she was pretty incensed <laughs> she did not feel like it was realistic when these firemen uh, were entering the fires especially the ones without gas masks especially in the finale where they're like this is a chemical fire in this big building everybody's going in there with no mask and just inhaling all, all the fumes and everything. Um, and again, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not an expert on fires, but I kind of felt like she was right about most of it where I was like, yeah, anytime I see somebody actually go into a fire, if they're a professional firefighter, like usually they got an oxygen mask going and they're not just inhaling everything like a lunatic. Um, so, I mean, I, like, I, again, I know we're making a movie and we need to watch Kurt Russell run into these fires, but it also, I'm not sure it was super realistic. So it's funny your wife brought that up. This is a huge pet peeve of mine, and it's been a pet peeve for a long time in multiple films. If your character's like a knight and should have a helmet, have him wear a helmet during a jest. Yeah. If your character is a firefighter and he's in the middle of a chemical fire or any fire, have him wear the smoke mask that they need to wear. And like to bring it back to comic books, if you have a comic book character who wears a helmet during fights, have him wear the helmet during a fight. And this is this is this is what drives me nuts. Like they well, you know, they came to see the star. They want to see the stars. We're seeing them for 95% of the film. You can have them wear a mask. And you want to know how I know you can? Because 
Ryan Reynolds wears a Deadpool mask in 80% of his film and people <laughs> still come and see him because the fan is smart enough to know, oh, that's supposed to be Ryan Reynolds in that mask. And they don't care. Like they have act like they have names on the back of their clothes. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. it was so also Axe is carrying an axe. Like I agree. And that also bothers me. Like it is <laughs> and also like you don't need to say chemical fire. Granted, I know they need to wear them for anything, but don't be like uh-oh, it's a chemical fire. And like to right, yeah. your wife, anyone who knows, is like, well, you definitely need to wear a mask for that. And that's just one of those things where it's like, that's bad writing. Like you're trying to add, like <laughs> you're like, trying to add detail to make it better, but then like that detail just makes less sense. That that climactic scene where it's like, you know, Kurt Russell tries to save Scott Glenn. By the way, the you go, you go, we go didn't fully apply. He, Scott Glenn went and Kurt Russell didn't fully go with him, but... <laughs> This is also this Scott Glenn killed like one of the guys on his crew. Almost killed him. Like that whole the whole thing where they're like, we're gonna figure this out. I'd be yeah. like, dude, you almost killed me. You almost killed my brother. Like literally attacked him in a room. Like you're gone. We're staying. Like that, that whole to your yeah that whole everything that happened in that exchange didn't make sense. Like even understanding that like Kurt Russell doesn't really know what's going on. I'm pretty sure he would throw Scott Glenn off of that ledge the second he found out he was responsible for setting the fires that killed all these people. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, at that point, I'm letting Scott Glenn go. It's like you've had your your due there, Axe. Um, you know, there's a couple things in that final. You know, there's that part where Billy Baldwin like takes a fire extinguisher and like breaks the top of it and hurls it into a fire, and I don't think that's physically possible. I don't think you can just. Again, I'm not an expert on fire extinguishers, but I don't think you can create like a fire extinguisher grenade just by bashing the top of one of those. I don't think so. I also think it would be much harder. The amount of pressure that thing has to deal with, like <laughs> the fact that you think 180 pound Billy Baldwin could just snap it off, like yeah, that might be the there's most. A, there's some things happening in that final fire that are, are a little questionable. I also. Another thing I didn't remember actually was that Kurt Russell dies at the end of this movie. I honestly thought he lived through it, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, he dies." And it's kind of like, I don't know, is that a deserved death? Like, do we want him to die? Does that make a, a bigger point in the movie that you know these fires are dangerous and he took too many risks? Or I kind of thought he should have lived. I don't know. I think the film is the tragedy of both. His whole yeah. life is shit because most of it, mainly, I think, because of his crappy little brother and he ultimately <laughs> dies because his brother instead of asking him at the boat what was going on and they would have figured it out immediately that it was axed right he just like it was you're right think, yeah they could have figured it out right then but i would say this every time i watch this film that death becomes i know i just called it a tragedy less tragic though in the sense they want it to be and more of just like a glaring hole like no Billy Baldwin should have died, and Kurt Russell oh. should have gotten back together with Rebecca De Mornay. Wow, that's a much different movie. What if? Imagine, hey, Billy Baldwin, the person he saves was his own brother. He dies saving his brother from the fire. Who's better than the fire? Who's better than the hero? Who saves the hero? I would like that because it's like you know, Russell's got the the ex wife and the kid, so it makes more sense of if you know Billy Baldwin sacrificed himself. And yeah, and instead it's like Kurt Russell dies and Billy Baldwin. He gets on the fire truck and he's telling the trainee like what to do, and everyone's kind of like, ah, now he's like finally made it. 
And I was still like, no, I think this guy's still kind of like a pussy that's going to like not get the job done. <laughs> well, I was going to say, who's the guy to be there? Like uh, this guy bitched out of training and got his brother killed. <laughs> uh, I, you know, you, for, you know, they go back to the house and you know, there's like two guys who are like, wait, bull and axe are dead. This kid sucks. Like what's going on? I fully agree. I don't, there's nothing that would make me like have full confidence that Billy Baldwin kind of like took Axe's position if I was part of that fireman team. So no, and that, that's the problem. And again, it's not Billy Baldwin as an actor; it's just the character no. Brian. Yeah, it's, the, it's that character. Yeah, such a wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> he stinks. Okay, right, anything else you want to touch base on, my man? There was a, there were one other thing. Like there was the graphic at the end. Um, that's like 2.1 million firefighters like serve us every day in America or something like that. And um, I don't know. It just seemed like a really high number to me. <laughs> I don't know if I was misreading it or maybe that counts volunteer firefighters, but I w- I'm assuming that counts volunteers. Yeah. Um, we I had a couple of our friends' dads were volunteer firefighters. There's a lot more volunteer yeah. firefighters. I think it's different. If you're on a full-time inner city Than like some of the podunk, you know, you're in the middle of Iowa, and there's a cornfield fire once or twice a year. I just think those are different jobs. I guess is like my take on that. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> fighting a fighting a fire in a skyscraper, it. I mean, fighting fighting it on a farm is difficult too. But yeah, like putting out like a fire on a one story house in the kitchen where everyone's out is totally different than evacuating a hundred story yeah. building like and I, I mean no disrespect to the firefighters across the country i just think there's different levels to this um but yeah i agree that's i mean the same thing with policing and I, I just like yeah. anyone any public servant police firefighters ambulance er the er in south side chicago is going to be a little different than the er in sheboygan wisconsin like it, that's yeah. just the way it is and obviously everyone knows that but yeah i agree with you I, I paint them all with the brush of Hero, but it's... Uh... Um, the other thing, too, I, neither of us have seen this sequel. Um, I guess Should I would... We? I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> I, don't think I don't think it's well-reviewed. I am surprised that Baldwin and Sutherland, they must have given them some type of check to get into that movie, but I feel like the real sequel window was kind of missed, and that, like there could have been one little, you know, or like the... the the movie I think you could have done after this is maybe kind of like a spinoff with De Niro as the main character, and he's kind of investigating a different arsonist type of thing. I think that's where I might have tried to go with it, um, but I don't know. They waited like 20-plus years to do a sequel, and it sounds like it wasn't that great of a movie. That's what I think. Hopefully the same thing doesn't happen with Heat. Did you hear they're doing a Heat sequel? <laughs> I have heard. I heard that the book was written... I'm not quite sure if the, if that's like a prequel thing or if it's a true sequel or what's going on. It is a prequel. I've heard it's real. I've heard the book yeah. is good. I actually want to want to read it, but yeah. Sorry, I, I took us off course a bit there. Didn't mean to. No, but, you're uh, okay. I don't know. Back, to, you're right though. I think today, if, if we're going to do anything else with this, this should probably be a mini series or something. Um, you know, give us a few episodes. This to me feels like an Emmy award winning mini series as a movie. I mean. I'll give my final score now if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I thought I thought Rotten Tomatoes nailed it. 
like it's a popcorn movie. It's like liter- it's enjoyable while you're watching, but authors offers nothing of value. And like the second you leave the theater, <laughs> you're gonna be like hungry again for anything of a- anything. Uh, it's like it is a soft six. It is a very soft six out of ten for me. All right, I'm gonna go a little higher. I think actually, um, I think on the on the strength of Russell, I think it is like kind of a, a worthwhile. Movie. It's like, and again, like Ron Howard almost gets there. He just didn't quite navigate like what the strengths and weaknesses of the movie was, and like I, you know, I think. Uh, it's a slightly miscast and the, the focus is kind of slightly in the wrong direction. But I do think like Russell is like the movie that Kurt Russell is in is like an Oscar winning movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I give it points for that. I'll give it like a 6.5. I also think like that the sequences with the actual fires are like well done. I, again, they're not realistic, but I do think like they're well done. They're captivating. It's exciting when they're going in to put out fires and stuff like that. So I give Howard props for that aspect. I actually, now I do want to quickly note the action is incredible. Like it is cool for action and two points, not realistic for firefighters, but right. <laughs> in terms of the type of action, like firefighting action, it was pretty one. It's cool seeing practical effects Two, It's cool seeing people fight something that aren't like aliens or robots. So it was, yeah. uh, it was cool experience for me. And every time I see it, I'm, I do know, it's weird to say I'm surprised every time, but I do know the last few times I've seen it, I always walk away being like, I have no idea what was fucking happening with the story, but that movie was great. Like the action scenes were great. And that's definitely, it is a, it is a spectacle. It's really yeah. fun. And that, and that aspect is, that's the part that I think is underplayed. There should just be some more firefighter movies. You know, we haven't even had one in a while. Like when was the last firefighter movie? Backdraft. <laughs> no i don't know no it's a good point I, I can't honestly can't think of the top of my head it just uh, seems like it's a easy you know you can get an ensemble cast together it just seems like it's a easy people care about it i don't i don't know why it's not used more that's a great point i also feel like that's a good low budget joe do you know what you can do they uh when a couple years ago when i was in new york this big expose came out that there wasn't a single african-american firefighter in all of new york um and true yeah yeah it was all basically irish and italian guys and like not a single african-american by the way yeah and like i feel like that that's a good story like timely like i feel like you could touch on a lot of real themes like have like one or it's weird to say integrating but basically have firefighters integrate like in the 2010s like that could hey did we just write our first did we just do complete our first pitch Seth? i i'm i'm there i'm green lighting it already <laughs> you got me a firefighter. <laughs> we'll get Adam Driver, and to play his brother, we'll get Jonah Hill. <laughs> I don't know that Jonah Hill's uh, surviving the training, but yeah, I'll watch that movie. No, you're right. That's that one makes sense. I got a better combo. We'll do Michael J. Fox as the older brother, and Jake Gyllenhaal as the younger brother. <laughs> you pulling Michael J. Fox out of the. <laughs> What you <laughs> too much too soon? I'm just going. I'm going for funny combo. I'm going for off the wall combos, guys. You guys, you just look alike. Guys, you think look at each other and say those are brothers, like Kurt Russell and Billy Baldwin. <laughs> I do. Which is the Baldwin brothers? So we could have that one movie with all in the same movie. I'm I'm sorry. Didn't that occur to you the whole time? I'm like, why isn't Alec Baldwin in this fucking movie? <laughs> oh, it definitely occurred to me. 
And again, like I don't think I don't think he nec- like I think Kurt Russell's the best part of the movie. I don't think Alec Baldwin may- would have made it a better movie, but at least I would have believed that they were brothers. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Like at this time in Hollywood, there's only like one family of brothers. Like it just is so bizarre. Like yeah, it's... no, it's it seems like a like from a casting point, I would have been like, if we got one Baldwin, let's get the other one. Like what are we doing? <laughs> I can see Alec might have been a little too hot for this. This uh. Oh, you know, this is pretty Pete Kurt Russell, too, though. I mean, he's got all, all the juice at that point in time, I think. But he does, and he's cooking in this. Film. He is. He, he's cooking. He's sizzling. <laughs> this in Tombstone to me is really like the apex Kurt Russell period. Yeah, I agree. He's having a bit of a renaissance now that I'm enjoying. But <laughs> yeah, really Pete like Russell's got to be 90s Russell, right? I would think, I mean, I love like the escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. It's kind of like, you know, that's like the early Tom Hanks, 80s at Hanks. It's like, I feel like Kurt Russell had that same, like, he's got some cool 80s movies, but I feel like his peak is really like right around this period. I feel like he's slipping into Jeff Bridges mode now, which is like a great mode where he's like, he can be in like the funny, he can be in IP. He does a lot of indie, like he's like, yeah. he, he touches a little bit of everything, but everything he touches gets better. Yeah, I like him. I've always liked them. Have you seen, last question, have you seen Monarch uh, Legacy of Monsters on Apple? I have not. The reason I bring it up, I have not either, but I've heard good things. Kurt Russell and his son, Russell, uh, Wyatt Russell, are in it. Wyatt Russell, yes. Also a pretty solid actor. Great great actor. Play, not father, son, but play different versions of each other. Like, one plays the younger and other version. So I thought that we're talking about families here. I thought, now that is how you do it correctly. See that that's another like you know maybe in a sequel Wyatt Russell, he's like that kid that Kurt Russell had right. He's grown up now. <laughs> he could be working for his uncle Billy. Yes, yeah. See, that's starting to write itself. Backdraft three. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth, uh, I'll uh, I'll start I'll start putting pen to paper. Well, this will be out in twenty twenty seven. So we've got four uh, firemen movie and TV pitches to make here so we're gonna save we're, we're gonna save the genre ourselves yeah we're gonna do it. pick it up by bootstraps south do you want to say goodbye to your friends goodbye friends <laughs>